You're listening to Comedy Central. My guest tonight is a writer and activist whose new memoir is called No Ashes in the Fire, Coming of Age, Black and Free in America. Please welcome Donnell Moore. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me here. Uh, I have read uh, a lot of your writing. I have, you know, followed some of the pieces that you've written online. Many people consider you one of the most important voices uh, in, in young American black culture and American culture as a whole. Those are your friends, <laughs> but they're good people. Um, <laughs> the book, though, gave me an insight into your life and into a life that many people have lived in America that's really painful and fascinating. No ashes in the fire speaks to the first inciting incident in this book where someone tried to set you on fire as a child. Now, luckily, that didn't happen. Could you, could you just share that story that gets us into the book? Yeah, so I was 14, and a group of neighborhood kids, um, people I would consider um, folk who had been friends at some point, jumped me. I used to get pick, picked on a lot because of my gender presentation. Um, and in this particular incident, um, after they jumped me, they tried to light a match um, after dousing me with a gallon of gasoline. But the, the fire, the flame did not light, the wind sort of took it out. Um, but here's what I want to say about that story. It is a tragic story and it's one that's common. Right. Um, I don't want to turn this into like an exceptional story. That's something that I went through individually. Young people across the country, around the world, who uh, experience themselves as, as different um, are often picked on. And I was picked on a lot. Um, but here's the thing, like, punishment is not what I imagined as the route for transformation for those young people. By the time I finished the book, I was searching online, wanting to make sure that the brother that tried to do that was alive, was well, was not in jail, because cages can't transform hearts and minds. Prisons can't do that. Um, so I am hoping that whoever, wherever they are, that they can be in the type of space where they're imagining a world where everybody can be free, everybody right. can be who they are. It's interesting that you have such a powerful worldview, one that is filled with so much compassion, considering that as a gay black person in America, you have faced at many times the utmost persecution. When you look at the journey that gay black people face in particular, you know, you know the, the history of queer rights in America is one that is not hidden, and then black rights is compounded on top of that. Do you think that makes the experience like, unique and even more powerful? Well, it's int- so I'll start by saying um, James Baldwin, when asked this question sometime, like, how do, you, you know, how do you feel about being black and gay? It's like, wonderful. <laughs> 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 I mean, shit, right? <laughs> in many ways, I am who I am because of my experience of growing up in the world as a black queer person. Like, queerness is magic. It's not poison. Like, this, it feels good to be free, to be who you are, to be in your skin and name that. But that is also, I think you're, you know, it's important to note that, you know, to be black and queer or black and trans or black and gender non-conforming, you're facing multiple issues at once, multiple arrows coming your way. Mm-hmm. Which is why when we talk about LGBT progress um, and only weigh that progress with regards to um, rights that are impacting some, like if you're black and queer, you're not only facing homophobia or antagonism because you're a trans person right. or gender non-conforming, you're facing racism. And if you're poor, you're gonna face all of the, all that comes along with being economically disenfranchised. Right. 
And if you're a young person, you're gonna face all that comes along with that. In New York City alone, most of the homeless folk, that the young people that live on the streets, about 40% of them are LGBTQ. Um, so, but when we talk about LGBT progress, we don't think about these, these particular lies, and I right, think that right, that's right. important for us to talk about. It, it, it's something that you cover in the book, and what, what I love is the book is really three parts. I mean, it is your memoir. It takes us through your life. But at the same time, you give us the context as to why so many of these situations came to be. You also give us a, a snapshot of America as it stands right now. When you look at the black community, in America and in South Africa and many parts of Africa, it's, it's not dissimilar, sure. where you have people who seem progressive in many different ways, but when it comes to homosexuality, there seems to be this roadblock. You know, in hip hop, that's one of the biggest dilemmas is the space of people going like, we're trying to be ahead of the curve of woke or whatever, and then it's like, but there's still that, that whole like, are you gay, are you gay? How do you think you begin that conversation? Where do you think people start, especially young black people? Well, first, you know, we live within a context where, you know, I don't, I don't make the claim that black folk are more homophobic. You know, this is America. Right. I mean, that's the Donald Glover song, but, right, right. but this is America, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, in so many ways, we have a country that is, in just its recent history, um, have begun to overturn drac draconian laws right. with regards to LGBT people. And America liked to tell, to tell itself as the most progressive country um, in the world. We have a lot of work to do in this country, not just with regards to understanding um, how expansive sexuality is and queerness, but look, if we can't even talk about gender, manhood and masculinity as a cage for some folk, right? If we can't talk about the problems that, that gender presents us, that the fact that we tell little boys to be real men, like let them be kids first. Um, we're, we're definitely not gonna be at a point where we can rethink um, sexuality. Right. So I think we have work to do. So here's the thing, like what would it mean for us to abolish, to get rid of all of these boxes altogether that for some folk are cages. They, these are, cages cannot be routes to freedom. Cages are not doorways to freedom. So we gotta get free. We gotta let some of these ideas go. Right, and when you, when you look at Pride Month and the celebration around being queer, you know, there is that constant idea of we can celebrate, uh, we can celebrate the progress that we've made as people, but at the same time, there is a lot of work to be done. What do you think still needs to be done within the LGBTQ space? We definitely need time for celebration. I mean, I kind of wear this shirt, like, <laughs> with all the ripples on it so we right, can celebrate. Right. Um, because, you know, we, we need space to, to honor and to celebrate difference, too. Um, but we have to not be committed to all of the ideas and norms that have been cages for so many people that have not brought freedom. Mm -hmm. um, and let me tell you how I know that's just not a problem for black folk. We have a person in the White House who is lifted up and celebrated, particularly because he performs a thuggish masculinity that if performed by anyone who was not a white man, would be called a thug or in jail, but this one gets elected president because of America's attraction to a type of toxic masculinity, which is another way of them thinking about men in power. And look, now we got a president that so many people voted for, even women, a big block, a big voting block was 53% white women. So this is telling me that society has to let go of our deep, 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 deep desire, attraction to the toxicity that is masculinity in the ways that we're seeing it now, running in the White House, and any other ways in which we are asking of people to perform in our everyday life. Like, get rid of that. Get rid of that, man. So excited to have you on the show, man. It's an amazing book. No Ashes in the Fire, I could not recommend it more. It's available now. Donnell Moore, everybody. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.